0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Hello, welcome to this Cricket Badger India vs England daily podcast by the fans for the fans. Virat Kohli's India, with Rohit Sharma, Jaspreet Bumrah and Ravi Ashwan, and young starlets like Rishabh Pant and Shubman Gill. They play host to Joe Root's England, with Jimmy Anderson, Ben Stokes, Stuart, Broad and young talents like Ollie Pope and Zach Crawley. It's always England's toughest tour, good luck to both sides, may the best team win. Hello
2: everybody, welcome along. It's another edition of the Test Match Daily. We've just seen the first day of the third Test Match in Ahmedabad. Plenty of incident, plenty of talking points. And the first one is England's dire performance, all out for 112. And it's almost like as soon as they see a ball turning from a a spinner that they respect, everything goes out the window. It was appalling from England today, I felt. And only Zach Crawley comes out with any kind of credit from that innings. He's 53. Um, Even he will look back and think he could have really pushed on from there. So 112, England had made by Stumps India 99 for 3 they trailed by just 13 runs and uh, that vir- wiki, uh, Virat Kohli right at the close of play just gives England something to cling on to as they uh, prepare for day number 2 I'm James the Cricket Badger I am English and I am joined by 3 very happy Indian fan badgers on the podcast this evening Anambika Naman Shah and Neil Varani Neil let's start with you um, let's look at the, uh, the England's 112 all out so far um, I saw on Twitter England won the toss people punching the air English fans punching the air almost thinking that's uh, half the job done I never thought this pink ball test match was going to be dictated by who won the toss you still needed I think I tweeted earlier you still need to play well and England's 112 they didn't did they
0: no, I thought it was dire. Um, there did seem to be a certain amount joy when the toss was won uh, with people thinking, yeah, that's it. We can just stick up our tent, camp out for two days and pick up a quick 450 and we'll be well in charge. But that's not the nature of these pitches for the most part. And especially after the last test, India know that on a pitch which doesn't change massively and... Aids turn from the start, then nine times out of 10, they're going to perform better. And so it it showed. I thought Zach Rawley was very, very good. Like Ben Folk's previously, it's no surprise that the people who see most at home playing spin are the people who've spent extended periods in the subcontinents working on their game against spin. They looked in control of their technique and their game plan, whereas uh, the moment it starts spinning otherwise, Everyone else, apart from Joe Root, who's a genius um, and just just got it wrong, which can happen, everyone else looks scared.
2: Yeah, I, I get that impression that as soon as England see the ball turning with with the likes of Ashwin coming at them they suddenly lose all control of their senses and it's it's like they are scared and they're expecting to get out and that's no way to play a test match now man let's get back to the st- very start and England's team today I've been saying for the last week on this podcast and um, in pieces I've written that you can't go into this pink ball test match just being completely one eyed in terms of that pink ball thinking it's going to swing thinking it's going to work wonders stack your team with loads of swing bowlers and forget that spin is always a factor in India. England not naming um, more than one frontline spinner dumbfounded me this morning.
3: Yes, James, uh, to be honest, even I was surprised. And also before the match, I also tweeted related to the toss. Uh, Yes, you are not playing one spinner. Okay, you're expecting the ball to swing a lot and you are playing your three premium fast bowlers, especially with Broad and Anderson there. I felt England should have opted to bowl first because of, with the pink ball also 36 all out was playing somewhere not 100% but somewhere in India's mind they missed the tone which was set by Australia in the pink ball test. I felt if they were wanted the ball to swing they were expecting so much swing out of the pink ball they should have used the juice which was present early in the day uh, and then maybe uh, making India uh, score around 200-250 over there they could have set the tone from there onwards at least they knew what the pitch was all about and uh, secondly also apart from Root we saw there there is nothing much coming out from the other batsmen but yes defending is not the only thing which is to be done on this kind of wickets there is no score coming out of anywhere I read the stats out of 41 overs which is 246 deliveries 200 were dot balls So, so that is too much of defending out there even as he also messaged over there. I was not able to understand what folks innings was all about. There. He stood there for... Almost 70 deliveries, at least he should have shown some sort of aggression. But uh, overall, yes, I too feel that Dom should have been there in England should have opted to bowl first. But in today's generation, the all the captains, we see that they are too much afraid to not to bowl first and uh, take care of the fourth innings because they do not rely too much upon the technique, right? These days, batsmen are having. So I suppose that trend is still going on.
2: Anand, um, looking at India's performance in that 112 um, all-out today from England. Um, Aksa Patel, he must think Test Match cricket is easy. He takes a five for in, his, uh, in his opening Test Match, rocks up today, takes six more. Oh, beautifully and bold unchanged pretty much all the way through.
1: You know, it's really interesting. When we looked at the Test Matches played in India over the last five years, the best bowler tends to be Ravindra Jadeja. We don't have Jadeja here. And we always thought that Akshar was going to be some sort of a discount Jadeja as such. It hasn't turned out that way, hasn't it? Akshar's done really well. I mean, this is like a dream test debut. I don't know how many other folks have done as well as Akshar has in the first two tests, but this is just beautiful bowling. And he did exactly what Jadeja does. You bowl the ball at a fair pace and some balls spin, some balls skid on. And if you looked at how it turned out today, I think he got six wickets. You can argue that five of them were done in by the straighter one. So apart from Broad, who I think swept, if you look at Bearstow, missed a straight one. Crawley was playing for the turn and Crawley was very very well set up there. You also had, uh, I think... uh, Stokes uh, played for Morton. It actually didn't turn that much. And he probably just missed one. I think he has done fantastically well. And the question again comes down to is how do you play spin well, right? You either go really forward or go back. I think what's happened is that a lot of the in English players have gotten caught in the middle of that. And some of that is to the skill shown by the Indian bowlers. And some of that I think is the technique that, we, that the English uh, batsmen have been employing. Again, Root and Crawley look great, uh, but some of the others certainly have been lacking a little.
2: I saw Alistair Cook saying on the TV coverage today that the, probably the best way to play spin in the subcontinent is to play for the ball not turning and then if it does turn too much it probably beats your bat anyway and, and you know you, you try and, um, and and work that way and plan your strategy that way but yeah, you know, it's too many as Alan said today just beaten by a straight ball playing down the wrong line it just made no sense Ollie Pope did um, Zach Crawley did there was a few today and it was really disappointing Cricket's a game played with balls you've got to look after them in the field Badges of furry creatures, my friends at manscaped.com. help you make sure it's neat and tidy down there. Oh, get rid of all that excess fur. Make sure that you're neat and tidy. Make sure everything's in the right order. Oh, feeling all good now down in this set. Oh, manscaped.com. Maximum skin safe performance. Compact design, advanced engineering, ceramic blade, waterproof. And it doesn't end there show you care by caring for your pair cleansers revivers preservers simply go to manscaped.com quote the discount code badger you get 20 percent off you get free shipping and you get some seriously quality equipment manscaped.com get on there now Neil just um, on, on in terms of the England's 112 today from an India perspective after that innings I mean I, I tweeted quite mischievously last time India faced the pink ball they were 36 all out but there must be a little bit in that that dressing room to say right yeah. D- do you mention it do you say right come on let's learn from that they came out and were, were better obviously in this innings than they were in the 36 all out I mean I'm sure England would have mentioned it in that English dressing room you'd have said well last time they played against the pink ball they were 36 all out come on lads We can bowl them out for less than 112.
0: I think the management and Rahane have dealt with that innings against Australia in the correct way, which is to say, actually, only a few of the batsmen out there did something completely wrong. I think there were maybe three or four of those wickets against Australia that where it was the batsman completely wrong. Everything went right for Australia. Everything um, hit, took the edge instead of passing just by. All the edges went to hand. There was nothing that went in between slips or slips and keeper and went off for four. It was a perfect storm of a little bit of luck and a lot of skill by the Australians. So it's a lot easier to put that behind you if you don't feel it's because you as a batsman have made a complete mess of things. Yeah, And it's one of the few times that's happened to India. I mean, we've seen other teams, and we've spoken about it before, who've been bowled out for under 100 several times in the last couple of years. When it keeps happening, that's when um, it starts to affect how you play. If you're able to brush it off, which I think... Um, the team did well uh, actually while they were still in Australia, then it's less of an issue. Uh,
2: they brushed it off against the Red Bull there, didn't they? This is the first time since then they faced the Pink ball. so it's the first time they've really had the same challenge again and the same potential um, for that to happen again. man, in, in terms of India's 99 for three, obviously coming back in to bat on day one, I felt, you know, Neil described the, the 36 all out that Australia had in Adelaide as the perfect storm, everything working right for Australia. England needed Something similar, didn't they, to try and keep in this match. It was almost like the imperfect storm. Every edge, every play and miss just seemed to heighten the frustration of the England fielders and and, and Joe Root out there. Nothing really went England's way in, in with the ball.
3: You need some motivation coming out of few players out there. Yes, I also saw Anderson and Broad. Yes, they were working hard. But I saw a bit down every time. You do not expect your pre- uh, these legend bowlers to come out and always express for themselves. They need runs out there. You just cannot expect something to happen every time. Uh, yes, the luck didn't go England's way. But this is what exactly my point was earlier. They should have bowled first. They should have Yeah, Just imagine India 10-2 for two, uh, in the first session. The 36 All-Out would have immediately... Uh, came into my came in India's mind and the pressure was built on right from there so I just feel that they have missed that factor out there they should have bowled first but uh, yes overall somewhere you have not batted well your shoulders are already down with 112 all out so I feel they did their best Anderson and Broad bowled brilliantly in first 10 overs they did not give the runs away you just cannot it's just expecting too much out of them after such a lower totals every time and you expect your fast bowlers to perform away from your home and uh, deliver every time so I feel it's not their fault yes edges and this is part of cricket but the batsmen need to score at the end of the day because this is where I always spoke about runs needs to come not only from root from other batsmen this is where uh, the lesson needs to be learned for England as well when root is failed see not able to score other batsmen needs to step in that is when the real character of this team will be seen
2: Anand for, for India um, lost Shubman Gill who played a, a, about 26 balls before he got off the mark 11 from 51 fell to Joffre Archer and Pajara, who has previously said that he struggles to see the pink ball obviously didn't today because he was out for naught and Virat Kohli going before the close there but Rohit Sharma you know continuing really where he left off in the second test match a terrific 57 from him we'll talk about the possible stumping a little bit later on when we talk about the third umpire who I think is a of mayor today but for Rohit Sharma and for, for India his solidity at the top of the order isn't to be underestimated is it he's, he's had his stick at times isn't he as a test player um, but he's starting to be a lot more consistent
1: Absolutely I think he's done a great job in changing some of his technique if you saw Rohit actually play some of the overseas tests a few years ago you could see how he was very tentative in the way he played you know even when we saw him in australia he's done very well he changed his technique he wasn't fishing as much outside the off stump and then you see in india Rohit's a natural this these sort of pitches you know there's certainly some swing there is a little seam and there's a little bounce Rohit's great at playing this he's going to he's very decisive in the decision making that he does and i think that's a that's a thing that's changed now he's showing up as how good a batsman he is In white ball cricket, Rohit is definitely in the top five batsmen in the world. I think Rohit is now starting to show that in red-ball cricket he has the potential to get up there as well and start being counted, in as an all-format player, as one of the best all-format batsmen in the world.
2: Virat Kohli today, when Joe Root was out, was uh, seen kind of like punching the ground almost from a height. He he would ju- he got himself really hyped up today, Am- Amand. We always say heart on his sleeve, very enthusiastic, passionate fella. He just seemed really up for today, really up for today, probably too up for
1: today. Well, this is the decisive test, isn't it? Uh, you know, I think even from English support. The standpoint, the pink ball test was considered to be you know the best chance to actually get a win, and then you look at how well Root has played. So a few days ago, I was just trying to see you know who have been the most the best uh, batsmen when it comes to playing in India, and Roots right now, I think, you know, if Root gets in a few more runs in the next three innings, Root's going to be in the top five, I believe. So we know how well Root plays here. And also, you know, this also goes around to some of the gags that have been playing around today is uh, once Root went, I think that, that certainly adds a lot more uncertainty within the English team. Root is just that sort of uh, he's almost like a Pujara in some ways. Uh, when we go overseas, Pujara is sort of that rock around where the entire team plays. And I feel that Root in India is so good at playing spin that once you lose him, that changes the dynamic a little. I think one of the gags that's been going around is that on twitter is that england won the toss and then elected to collapse well <laughs> part of that is around getting root early i think if root yeah. stays uh you know that changes the dynamic of it
2: to be honest i was commentating today and as soon as root went i actually said well who's going to score the runs now you look at england's lower order i mean that was one of the problems today neil that england had lost wickets and then you looked at number eight and it was Jofra archie you looked at number nine it was jack leach and then it was Broaden and anderson you wouldn't Want any of those four to bat for your life? England's tail was as long as as long as it's been for a long time today, and they chose today to have a top order collapse. It wasn't the best of uh, best of days,
0: was it? No, I mean that was one of the main problems about going all in with the best best seam bowlers and leaving just J- Jack Leach as as the spinner. That Broad and Anderson and Archer so far in Test cricket haven't really provided huge amount of runs. Um, Leach aside from his heroics against Ireland hasn't either so that's a very long tale and dare I say it Don Bess would have added some some better batting he, can, um, bat, out he there.
2: can bat Don Bess he can bat he certainly can absolutely Elvis Presley once said we're caught in a trap we can't get out but we might be able to soon hopefully COVID-19 will be behind us and we can get back on the cricket pitch this summer and you need to make it count blackratcricket.com they have an original range a rodent range a little rat range that's made by cricketers for cricketers make 2021 count blackratcricket.com join the infestation Let's move on to the controversial side of today. I'm going to start with you, Neil, because you're a fairly level headed fella, aren't you? I know Naman is raring to go on this one. Um, I've seen his tweets. But the third umpire who got called into question a few times, didn't he, in the first couple of test matches, I think today has had a nightmare. And I don't think he's really helped himself at all. You look at uh, what, what do we have today? We had Jack Leach being caught by Pajara low down. Now, there was about 58 minutes of replays of that, um, looking at it from, from every conceivable angle before it was deemed that Jack Leach was was out. I'm still to be convinced that that was a good decision myself. Go with it. Um, and then in the the Indian innings, we saw Joe getting increasingly frustrated with the third umpire's rulings. We saw um, just before the close of play, Rohit Sharma a stumping. To me, you look at Rohit Sharma's back leg he was out of his grounds. He knew it. Ben Folk's a very smart piece of work, as we expect these days from him. And Rohit Sharma then raised his back foot to get it back over the line. And I think there was, to me, I've got an HD television six foot away from me. I thought felt there was a little bit of doubt as to whether he got his back foot down in time to beat Ben Folk's taking the bails off. I'm not suggesting for a second that he was definitely out or definitely not out, but I think there was scope to go for another replay from either the stump cam, the reverse angle, whatever they could find, just to have a look at that again. And the third umpire quickly said not out, and it appeared on the big screen very, very quickly indeed. We saw earlier really, on as well, and a Stokes catch off Shubman Gill was very low down. Stokes, he felt he'd got his fingers underneath it. I think there was definitely a little bit of doubt from the first replay. The soft signal on the pitch was for it to be out though. So the third umpire has to convince himself that it's not out. He saw one replay of the Shubman Gill incident, the Stokes catch. He saw one replay of the Rohit Sharma stumping and very quickly made a decision both times. I think regardless of whether he got the decision right or wrong, I think it shows that he will make it look like you're actually looking properly. Come on, do your job.
0: I uh, I think looking at all the various incidents, I think the Pajara incident is how I would like all checks of catches to go. Looking at it from several different angles um, and coming to what I believe is the correct decision. The Stokes catch claim I think was the right decision, Um, but I think the umpire did what is actually what's asked for by commentators a lot of times with other decisions, which is, wow, that's obvious. All right, stop wasting time looking at it from every other... The only thing no, i meant with, with that one, like Neil, is that
2: the, the front-on angle for those catches is never reliable. It, it sometimes gives you, it foreshortens everything. It gives you a, an artificial look at that catch. And as I tweeted earlier on today, Tony Gregg, when he was um, in his TV career, he went out onto the pitch one day. He put a ball on top of his hand in a slip position and the camera from the far end of the ground filmed it as it would as he would have done if it was a catch and on the still and on the on the re- yeah when they showed it in that situation it looked for all the world as if it was grounded but Tony Gregg actually had his hand underneath the ball um I think Dermot Reid did something very similar with Channel 4 when he was employed by them because the camera doesn't quite get the full picture. You've got the grass blades there. You've got everything gets a little bit distorted. Just for the third empire's legitimacy, he's surely got to look at it more than once.
0: Well, actually, I mean, this is one thing that I'm calling for. I don't uh, agree with what happened there, but um, I'm just saying that it is what a lot of commentators and pundits call for, which is to just stop when it's, Obvious that there is a danger when you leave it to an individual's perception of conclusive that is going to leave them open to. See, I don't,
2: think it, I don't think it was obvious, Neil.
0: That one, I thought. Uh, that one, I thought was. But um, the point is that it'd been left open to the third umpire to decide whether it was conclusive or not in that way. Personally, I thought that it got dragged along the ground and without it, Stokes had no control over the ball there.
2: What I'm trying to say to you is that I, I could ultimately, if I'd seen enough replays, agree with what the third and pilot suggested. But I think they should at least go through the motions. And I think on the it on one, certainly.
0: I think the Rowett one was wrong, personally. Um, I thought the foot continued to move down afterwards um, for a, a couple of frames. But I think what would be helpful to avoid the perception of bias or the perception of incompetence is to have a clear and transparent Can
2: I I just come in there before you develop your point? I don't think there's any bias, but I don't think you can say it's a perception of incompetence. It is incompetence.
0: I think the current protocol allows for that. And um, if it's allowing personal views of conclusive, then it's not always incompetence. I think the row one was... We've poor. seen a
2: number of really poor bits of third and in this series. The one that yeah. in, the, in the second yeah. test match or third first test match when they didn't even roll it on far enough for what England were actually saying was out. Um, so they didn't actually see the full picture. So there's just something wrong, I think, with the way the third and has been in this series. It's the worst I've seen for a long, long time. <laughs> You were saying on Twitter, Naman, you you thought uh, one of the decisions, you completely disagreed with me. Tell me why.
3: Yeah, uh, I agree with Neil over there and not about uh, Rohit's decision, but I feel the two, they were in all two replays. I'm very precise. I was, I saw exactly what happened there and in two replies, at least many of us, we were 10 friends looking together, the match we are watching together, 10 of us. Yes, it's not about Indian supporters, but we were convinced that ball was clearly grounded over there. I heard Sunil Gavaskar saying over there that ball was totally grounded over there. And what I was not happy about was Stoke's reaction yes he claimed the catch yes everything was done even after seeing the replies yes okay the the umpire saw over, over there only two replies and he was quick in making the decision but I felt that two replies it was slow motion and it was quite evident that ball had clearly grounded and I felt because your first tweet not the second one the first tweet you also I saw your tweet that the ball was clearly touching the ground there I felt that you were convinced maybe later on yes I agree with the point That more replies need to be seen. A replies needs to be seen over there, but. I would agree on the fact that not enough angles were saw seen during Rohit's dismissal, but from, from uh, ben, yes, during from Stokes. Ben
2: Stokes's point of view now, man. And I've talked to a lot of professional um, slip fielders, etc. When you take a ball that's low down like that, it often feels like it's gone into your hand. Um, I've spoken to people that have, you know, on replays, it's been half volleys and it's been obviously not out, but they say because they're not actually looking at the ball at the moment it goes into their hands, and it, you know, it's all done at uh, a million miles an hour, that it feels like it goes into their hand cleanly. So I've gotten. No problem at all with Ben Stokes thinking he's taken that catch. Feel to him like he took it cleanly.
3: I agree on that uh, because we have seen a lot in the white ball cricket as well. But we tend to see often that in uh, the players, the fielder who has taken the catch, ask for third ump- umpire himself. But over here, I'm not talking about the reaction, the e- immediate reaction of Stokes. But even after the replays, he saw what was the ball I had already touched. It was evident. Yes, there were not many. I entrants, don't think but- it
2: was obvious, though. I know you. I I, I think, Naman, um, man. And and we're all guilty of this. You are in a room of ten mates who are Indian, and you're looking for it to be going India's side. If you're in a room of ten Englishmen. You're looking for it to go England's way and you, you look for the clues that suit your own argument. I don't think it was massively obvious. I think there was a there was a suggestion on that replay that the third umpire saw that it might have touched the ground. But I don't think it was conclusive enough from that first um, replay for it to be overturned the, the soft signal. I think that's why there should have been at least another two or three have have a look at this properly and make sure we get the right decision here because they're actually overturning the on-field umpire's decision and I don't think he saw enough of it to do that.
3: I would second that, James. Again, I felt those two replays
2: were enough. There was the front-on replay, then there was a side-on replay, wasn't there? I don't think I don't think the side-on one was at all um, obvious what happened. Alan, what did you think?
1: I think the key here is the standardization of how these reviews are going to be used. I think that's where we are going back and forth on, right? The point does remain that if you see three different views of it and one view gives you a very clear understanding of what happened, at that point, you're going to come back to that. So I think this is where the ICC kind of steps in and says, okay, going forward for any of these reviews, here's how we're going to do it. We're going to look at it from multiple angles, if available, and then we're going to make the decision based on the angle that gives us the best view of what actually happened. So...
2: this is the BCCI. They've got a fair few quid. It's a big, big series, this. They haven't got enough replays available. How is that possible?
1: Well, so I don't think it's a question about replays available. I think it's a standardization of the review process. So this one, is one of, to one
2: of the ones on the Pujara catch today was out of focus, for goodness sake.
1: That's a fair point. And th- this is during when my feed was down. So I actually didn't see the Pujara, but I saw the other two. But this is where, again, I think it comes down to a standardization of how this happens. Now, the NFL, the National Football League in the US, has been dealing with this for a while. Reviews and slow motion reviews have been an issue because what happens is sometimes you even look at the the way And this is going back to NFL. So when a receiver catches a ball and the hand hits the ground, the ball moves. Well, if the hand is underneath the ball, the ball moves. You usually say, oh, that that could be a fumble. That's not a real catch. So they keep going back and forth and back and forth. And the NFL has more money than any league in the world. Mm. And even they struggle with this. I think the fact that we are still talking about this means that ICC and whether that's BCCI comes in or anybody else comes in, you want to ensure that the tests are that everybody has the feeling that everybody, these reviews have been dealt with fairly. I think this is where the standards need to come in to say, look, you need to look at three different angles. And then you need to come down and say, OK, which is the angle that works? To yeah. me, actually, the two that I saw, the Stokes one had enough, enough issues where I could say that that's not a catch. And Rohit Sharma, without a doubt, like, was down. Because remember, when you no, move your toe no, back... no. There are stills that it's not even close to me. To me, there was no argument in there.
2: Well, you there see, at all. as I say, I watched that very, very closely, and yeah. there was Rohit Sharma's foot was coming back, and it wasn't not grounded. He, when, there was, there was, there was suspicion in my mind. I'm not, am not categorically saying it was true. The suspicion that his his foot was off the ground when folks first dislodged the the, the bail. I so think that was, mind- that, was, that was at least worth another 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 view from the stump camera reverse angle or somewhere else just to have another look at it, just to make sure. Because we we see a boundary save, Zach Crawley, for sake of argument, dives to save a four. We'll see that from 10 different angles. And it's just, that's just a couple of runs. This is a prized wicket of an opening batsman.
1: Well, two points to that. And I I think that goes back to my my first uh, point of discussion, which is if we have multiple angles available, let's use them, right? So let's standardize that. Let's not just say we're going to see it from one angle. Secondly, when a foot is out and you're trying to get the foot back in, or even if you play a shot, you're on the tippy of your toes and then you bring your foot back in, there's going to be movement. Your toe is going to sink further in the ground. That doesn't mean your toe is off the ground. So that's but, where... But his,
2: but his toe was, when he brought his toe back, it was raised. He didn't actually bring, he didn't slide his toe back in. He raised his toe to then to kind of push it back. It was raised. I wasn't sure it was grounded when Ben Folks took it off and that was at least worth another look. And that that, I- that is the frustration, I think. And that's the frustration that Joe Root feels out there, Neil, that he's seeing um, the Jack Leach catch get 10 different replays and it take five minutes. He's seeing what he thinks is a legitimate claim for a wicket and it's just brushed off in 20 seconds and it's not out on the screen. And you're thinking, that, that's not right. <laughs> At least see it properly and I've, I've seen um, a load of you know I've, I've obviously been whinging on Twitter about <laughs> it and people say oh stop crying English fans stop crying you, you can't mask 112 all out because you can moan about a Rohit Sharma stumping nothing to do with the two the two aren't connected England batted rubbish and got bowled out for 112 and didn't deserve any more and probably deserved to lose this test match it doesn't mean that a Rohit Sharma decision is the right one
0: no that's absolutely true however the continued descent from Root Ru- Broad, and to a lesser extent, uh, Stokes was um, just as bad. um, Did you you see it? No, it wasn't.
2: Did you see that as dissent? Because I saw it as a captain asking the umpire for clarification, whereas R- Virat, when he did it, he was right in there, the face, being
0: was, quite angry with his body language. There was continued arguing and... Um, because they're frustrated, I Neil, aren't out. they?
2: They're frustrated. Yeah. And, and don't you think that's a symptom, both Virat's and, and Root's stuff today, that they've just lost complete faith with the umpiring in this series?
0: I think there's a certain extent where if you're up um, against a... Um, Mario Erasmus, then you kind of accept it um, without a whole amount carry on. There is a certain level of that.
2: Yeah, At the moment, it's going up to the third umpire and they're waiting for for it to be wrong, aren't they, at the moment? There's a suspicion that it's a 50-50 chance the third umpire is going to make a a decision they don't agree with.
0: Well, yeah, absolutely. And um, I think uh, I said on our, our WhatsApp group that... Reading Jeff Lemon's book about Sandpaper Gate, this was exactly the mindset that David Warner was in ahead of Newlands. Um, someone's got to tamp down on that because um, the increasing resentment. I think last match um, Stokes was complaining about a ball being uh, counted as a, a four when it uh, when it got reviewed, um, and that's the level that it's it's got to. And he was, um, and he was blatantly wrong with that as well. Absolutely. Yeah, so something does need to be done. Otherwise, um, you know, Bumble's going to be throwing a- around his um, his red cards like nobody's I, I, business. I
2: do think, in, in Joe Root's defence, there is a difference between being frustrated and asking for clarification from an umpire. Uh, and there was a bit of a finger wagging thing that looked like he was doing a bit of a Mike Gatting on Shakur Rana. But what he was saying was, he's just looked at it once. He's looked at it once. Why has he only looked at it once? And he was just asking the question of the on-field umpire there. Whereas I felt with Virat Kohli. He was really quite intimidating with his body language when he did what he did against the umpire. I thought there was that was different level.
0: Well, Joe finds it uh, more difficult to be uh, intimidating than Birat because he's only got bum fluff um, and he looks about 10 years old. I thought, no, to, to be fair, I thought last match when he was asking the question about, like, uh, the ball coming off the glove afterwards, um, then he was absolutely fine. I think today it did get to him and I thought Stuart Broad was also towing Stuart uh, Stuart Broad
2: did one of his celeb appeals today and it was given not out and I actually found that quite funny because I hate that I hate it when you're running down the wicket you're celebrating you're you're hearing off to the slips and then he looks around and sees that the umpire hasn't actually agreed with what he's thinking I I thought Stuart Broad I, I hate to see Stuart Broad do that I really do very quickly we're running out of time I'm going to come around, all three of you. You're all Indian fans. I know what you're going to say here. Day two tomorrow. I mean, the, the one the exciting thing about a pink ball test match is you can get a mad 20 minutes at times where all of a sudden seven wickets fall. So India aren't home and hosed in this test match just yet. The Virat Kohli wicket at the close of play, just before close of play, does just give England a little bit of a sniff in this one. But out of 10, as an Indian fan, how confident are you that India go on and win this test match, Neil? Eight. How about you... Naman, <laughs> there's no there's no grey areas without Naman. Um, Anand, what about you? Uh,
1: I think it's an eight because of Jack Ravindra Leach, and he showed <laughs> what's happened here. So I think there's a chance that England fights back.
2: I'll tell you what, though, listeners, it's a, it's a really good series, but I think the complaint that I made on the podcast a couple of days ago about it just being we want a tight test match I want to see both of these two, two great teams going at each other and getting a close game all the way through That's nip and tuck we haven't seen that yet in this series and certainly on the first impressions on day one of the uh, match in Ahmedabad we ain't going to see it in this one either because England have been well below par and India fully deserve to be in complete control at the end of day one 99 for 3 plays 112 and we'll be back again tomorrow after day two of the uh, test match and with the way this game's going if we could have a result by then it would knows but join me tomorrow i've been james the cricket badger. i'll see you then
1: thanks for listening we will be back every day during england's tour of india get in touch on at cricket underscore badger on twitter we hope you are enjoying the cricket see you again tomorrow
3: Podcast Network.